The material shared within this podcast is based on the personal experiences and learnings of the presenter. Coloplast has paid the presenter for sharing this information. Nothing within this podcast is intended to be used as medical advice and or used to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the Coloplast Professional Bowel and Bladder Matters Podcast, where we explore various important topics related to ostomies and continence. I am your host, Mackenzie Baus. I am a registered nurse, certified boot ostomy continence nurse, and clinical consultant with Coloplast. Today's podcast guest is Taryn Sim. She received her bachelor's from the University of Alabama and her master's degree in nursing, as well as acute care nurse practitioner degree from the University of Virginia in Charlottesville, Virginia. She also trained in the University of Virginia School of Nursing WOC certification program and is certified as an ostomy continence nurse. She currently works as an oncologic nurse practitioner in the Division of Urology at the University of Virginia in Charlottesville, Virginia. Her current focus is care of patients in the urology division that have urologic cancer, including bladder cancer and urinary diversions such as ileal conduit. Previously, she worked with patients undergoing gastrointestinal oncologic surgery who had ileostomies and colostomies. She has recently participated in Coloplast Consensus Project exploring the use of convexity pouching systems and the postoperative period. She has presented on the care of patients with bladder cancer and urinary diversions, as well as published chapters in several textbooks, articles relating to urologic and oncologic patient care, and published articles in the Journal of Wound Ostomy Continence Nursing, and most recently, a case report regarding the use of telehealth for urostomy patients' postoperative complications. Our topic today is postoperative convexity use. Taryn, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Mackenzie. It's a topic I'm really passionate about, so I'm happy to talk about it. We spent a lot of time on this in the last year. Let's dive right in. First, I'd like to lay the framework for our topic today. In 2017, the JWOCN included an article about convexity use in ostomy care. The consensus group concluded that four categories were incredibly important in selection of convexity, such as product characteristics, patient assessment, indications for convexity, and patient outcomes. Overall, At the time of the article publication, supporting evidence was hard to come by, but the statement agreed upon at this time was that convexity in the postoperative setting is appropriate. With that being said, Coloplast brought together a group of clinicians to discuss convexity in the postoperative setting. Taryn, you were a contributor to this article on postoperative convexity with other colleagues, as well as Jan Colwell leading the article published recently in the JWCN. I want to start by asking you, what characteristics of convexity do you look for to use in the immediate post-operative period? Well, let me say we are very excited to have the consensus work published in JOWCN and also our brief survey report about how we reach consensus with a large panel of participants is in that same uh, journal. At the time of reaching, trying to reach consensus about uh, characteristics, we went back Uh, to the JWOCN article, uh, primarily led by Jan Colwell as primary author on the consensus panel team. And in 2019, it was an international consensus results on development of practice guidelines for assessment of peristomal body and stomal profiles. But that laid good groundwork for us to think about where are we now in the U.S. and Canada. Uh, We defined three post-op periods, and that's important because I don't think that had been done before, and that was the immediate post-op period, day zero to eight, the post-operative period, day 9 to 30, and the transition period, day 31 to 180. 
So there was consensus that convexity could be used in all periods appropriately and safely. And in fact, this is the practice for many clinicians, but not everyone. So while I refer to that paper, let me just say that thinking about the characteristics is something we thought about again last year. Last year at WOC and Next, uh, Coloplast did convene a great panel that talked about body profile assessment, stoma assessment, and how to make that part of your practice. And we talked about how important this is. The consensus article from 2019 pointed out that you should use a validated tool to assess the stoma and the abdomen prior to pouching as a good aspect of ostomy care. They also recommended that you should assess the stoma regularly. We use this tool in our stoma visits each time the patient comes to the clinic, and we've created a smart phrase that's part of our EMR that's really helpful. And one of the things we tease each other about is that we found that repetition makes it easier to remember the six steps that the assessment worksheet suggests you should use, and it's really helpful. I like it when it's in a note that I look back on a patient on a prior visit because I can see what my thoughts about the patient's profile were then compared to how they are the day that I'm seeing them on that visit. Obviously, we you have to think about assessment. Uh, there's a variety of reasons you choose convexity. Uh, creases or skin folds or dimples. We always have an umbilical dimple that can be a problem. Irregular shape of the abdomen, a recessed stoma that's not everted above the skin, or perhaps it's below the bending line and there's some issues pouching there. Also, the height of the stoma is not just adequate for standard flat pouching always, even if it appears that it would be. And so you have to again say, what kind of convexity should I use in this patient? That's great. Um, I know you alluded to it a little bit about the body profiles. Is there certain things of those six characteristics that you look at to get to the convexity of your choice? Well, I would say two key things, and that is um, what is the form of the area around the stoma and is the abdomen soft or firm? Because that's going to have a lot to do with your choice. I mean, now we have soft convexity, light convexity, deep convexity. We have flexible convexity. It's amazing, you know, all of the products that are out there on the market. And so thinking about what's here today Sometimes postoperatively, you'll find the abdomen will be very firm, but when they return in six months, the abdomen may be soft, and it may be that you could try a different product based on how uh, the, the uniform or variable the abdomen is or how soft or firm it is. Also, always, those deep creases or skin folds are going to be so important to terms of success in pouching. I love that you mentioned the quick tips or the quick references of a smart phrase for documentation and that you can go back and look at what that difference was. Um, is that something that you would suggest for your fellow colleagues to help create that repetition uh, in the practice? Absolutely. You know, uh, there are two of us that are nurse practitioners and uh, WOC and nurses that see our patients in, in our, our department of urology. And uh, we, we agreed that we would both use this, the smart phrase we built based on the body profile terminology worksheet for assessment. We put it in every note when we see a patient. I had a physician say to me the other day, that's an interesting uh, little phrase that you put in there. Is that new? And I said, well, we've committed to doing this. We think we were probably doing all of those things. We certainly weren't documenting them as thoroughly. And it really helps if you're not the only person seeing the patient or if someone else is going to see the patient behind you that you've left good documentation about it, what it looked like on the day you assess them. I think it provides really good patient care that you're, we're doing good documentation. And for us, making it easy and not burdensome for the nurse to do that is what's really key. And when you had to first transition into using that, was it an easy transition or did you feel that you had to really integrate it into the practice? 
Well, we had to integrate it into the practice because you had to stop in the in the series of things we were doing with the patient on that visit. And at the beginning, I would have to say, just a moment, I want to pull your chart up so I can have in front of you the things I want to be sure I document for you in the chart. You know, patients want to be looked at, not to have the nurse or provider looking at the screen. But I do tell the patients, this is really important for me to document things about your abdomen so I'll remember next time or if we're talking on the telephone about what we saw today. And when I explain that to them and talk about the things that I'm looking for on the assessment tool, patients, I think, feel more involved and they also appreciate that you're taking this time to look at all those aspects of their abdomen and their stoma and that you have the expertise to try to integrate that into their care plan. I love that start, and I think that's really helpful for colleagues and clinicians to implement into their practice. Uh, one thing I do want to ask is, uh, from personal experiences dis and discussions um, I've had with some of my own colleagues, how do you help encourage clinicians to incorporate convexity in the immediate postoperative period? You know, we, of course, we're thinking about that preoperatively when we're marking the stoma site. And we spend a lot of time thinking about that, talking to the patient about why that site's important. And we do all those steps that we do later preoperatively, sitting, standing, bending, perhaps lying down to see how they'll do with the mark that we've picked. And postoperatively, then we want to see how that's working. So we have the, we ask the nurses to be certain and think about uh, where is the stoma in different positions of the abdomen? Are they, how is it when they're sitting on the side of the exam table? What if they're bending over to tie their shoes? What if they're lying down? We want to see the stoma in different positions, and I think that's been easy for the nurses to think about and for our team to think about as we show that that can make a benefit in the, selecting the right product. Thinking about that peristomal skin, you know, the goal is uh, a dependable wear time with contiguous connection of that, that stoma wafer or faceplate against the peristomal skin to prevent leakage, and it's really important for these patients. Sometimes we think we've just picked the right uh, perhaps a two-piece pouch, and we'll put the flange on the abdomen, and then we'll realize when they go to bend over, that's not going to work for them, even though it looked great with them lying down. And we'll say, uh-oh, hold on, let's take that off and start over. It's hard to believe we would do that, but if they're there with you and you're really trying to pick the right one, looking at it in every position I think is really important. Initially, post-op, we even look at this when they're in the hospital before they go home in their final teaching session. We repouch them at that session, and right there, we want to be comfortable that we're sending them home with something that's going to last those days before they come back to the clinic. Do you ever get concerned uh, with maybe something that you might see could potentially happen? For example, if they're getting ready to leave and you're performing that pouch change, and maybe a dimple will arise and maybe a new fold or crease uh, before they come back to see you, is there anything that you do to be proactive if that may or may not happen? Sure. And it's not, it, that's still a fine time to pick convexity, even if the standard pouch for us is a two piece flat when they come out of the OR. But we might immediately change that. Or if we haven't and they're going home, then we might say, let's see you sit up again on the side of the bed. Let's make sure that this is really going to work for you. And if it's not, we'll get convexity or flat will add a ring to find the one that's going to fit them. They're not going to be very active immediately post-op. We do think about their activity level, and that is part of the things that we try to assess, but they're obviously not going to be, um, I have farmers, they're not gonna be climbing up on a tractor or getting up in the combine immediately, but we are thinking about that in their future, that they're going to have to be able to be active and how is that 
that pouching system going to work? And if convexity is what gives them reliable wear time, that's going to really influence their quality of life. And it's really important to consider. Great. And you've mentioned some uses of convexity. And thank you for your work with the patients um, and your telehealth program that you did allude to as well. Um, As a clinician and for your colleagues in different practices and care settings, what do you advise to do if um, they feel a patient needs convexity, but they don't have access to the product? Well, let's think about this. So I think we're actually seeing more of this because of challenges. Patients are leaving the hospital earlier. They're in that early post-op phase at home, even day nine to 30, and they have home health, for example. Home health, you know, first of all, all of America thinks about supply chain. But home health nurses may say, I just don't have access to a range of such a variety of pouches to try on the patient. And so they may call us and say, I'm only going to be able to choose between these products. So then we try to think about tools that we have available. For example, perhaps the home health and the patient may only have a flat barrier, but we could have them add a ring. And we might have them add, uh, I like these new, we've just seen them, these new Brava protective seal that are convex. They provide that convex aspect immediately to the flange. And that may work when you don't have a convex pouch available. There are some nurses that told us, and we learned this in the consensus work we did, that some nurses may not have a convex pouch at the time of the operating room or in the early post-op period. So learning how to adapt the tools that you have to fit the patient for the best wear time is still important. And perhaps they may only carry one style pouch, but if they could have uh, different style uh, barrier rings that would go with that, that might give them uh, something to help with that. That's great. And um, let's say the new products, like you mentioned, the convex seal isn't able to be accessed. Would you advise maybe doing a layer of two regular protective seals together just to get that level of convexity, even if it gets the predictable wear time? Well, if they were the traditional seals that are flat and you were trying to achieve more depth and you did not have deep convexity, I could see that being an idea. I I don't do that very much, to be honest with you, but maybe I'm very lucky that we have a pretty good range of products in in our clinic. And I have to say, um, we also find that if we think the patient needs to be in a different product, we will ask that samples be sent to the patient's home after they leave our clinic. Patients are very impressed with this, the fact that we are working hard with the vendor or with the company to find the best product for them long before they're ready for a permanent prescription. So we might put them in that as a stopgap measure, or we might suggest that to the home health nurse until she can get something that very often home health has no inventory. They're going to order the product and wait for it to come in. And the patient really can't wait if they can't get a seal. So I can see something like that being helpful. We try to send them home with a range of samples of things they might use uh, after they leave the hospital before they come back to the clinic. I love the idea of using uh, what you have in front of you and being innovative, being flexible to get the pouch, that predictable wear time that you talked about, and also prevent leakage. Taryn, as we close today's discussion, what is one or two or several key points that you wish for clinicians to take away about convexity and, you know, allude to the consensus work that you've partaken in? Well, one, let me say, we skipped over it, but I'll just include it because I think it's an important point, is that telehealth is playing a bigger role. We have taught our patients how almost every patient has some sort of smartphone. So we've taught our patients how to take a picture of their pouch as well at the back of the pouch when they remove it and the stoma. So we understand when they're at home trying to communicate with us about a leakage, what they have going. 
And that started for us in 2020. We actually published a case report of that in JWOCN. And we use a lot of telehealth options through the patient portal now. And patients are getting very adept at picture taking and sending those pictures in through the portal so we can have a telehealth visit with actual pictures of their stoma the last time they changed their pouch. But I think it's most important to remember that convexity has a role to play. So the most important point is that convexity is reasonable and it should be considered at every point along the way in the postoperative period, as well as perhaps even years later when a patient returns with a body profile change that would warrant convexity that they never required previously. The other thing I would say is, you know, if you don't have convexity, uh, we still think you can create the benefits of convexity by adding a barrier ring a barrier seal to a flat pouch if that works better for the patient, and sometimes it does. We recently had a patient with a colostomy and a urostomy, and he needed a flat pouch for a variety of reasons because of his abdominal profile, but the barrier ring on the back, the barrier seal that was convex made a big difference in fitting that urostomy pouch for him. That's great. And you had mentioned, again, using convexity across the journey, whether it be immediate postoperative or down the road. Do you have any worries about that immediate postoperative period with convexity? Um, And how would you express to your colleagues the importance of using it sooner than later? There's a lot of mythology and concern in nurses that you might cause a problem in the early postoperative period, such as mucotaneous separation with convexity, but there's actually nothing to support that. The other day I had a surgeon say to me, well, he might have a little separation there. Are you worried about that? Because I know you're trying to help him with pouching. And I said, no, we're going to cover that. That will heal eventually. And frankly, if he's leaking all the time, that's much more of a detriment to the mucotaneous separation than if it's getting a good seal and a chance to heal up under that wafer. And so we we do not think, and I do not think, nor did the consensus panel find that that was a reason not to use convexity. You know, in the paper that we published and the work out of the consensus group, we developed a wonderful tool called the postoperative convexity consensus pathway. It's a tool that shows what steps you use to assess the stoma, the patient, the area around the stoma and the patient's needs, and then how to select convexity if appropriate for that patient. I think that pathway is going to be great. I think nurses are going to have that. They're going to have that tape up on the wall in the in the nurse's lounge, or it's going to be in the in, on the closet door where they pick up their ostomy supplies. Because I think thinking about what how, what questions do I ask myself to know when to choose convexity is very important. And I think we have tried very hard to help nurses with that question. I think that'll be a key in repetition, like you talked about the body profile assessment as well. Just bringing that and using that in practice to make those changes. I think that's fabulous. And as we close today, I just want to say thank you so much for joining me and discussing convexity in the framework that has been laid down, but also the framework that continues to build um, in leading clinicians towards the use of convexity in the post-operative setting. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I really appreciated talking to you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Bowel and Bladder Matters podcast, part of Coloplast Professional, where we believe clinician education related to ostomies and continence matters. For more educational resources from Coloplast, visit us at coloplast.us professional.